Hello and welcome to The Bravest Kind, a podcast featuring behind-the-scenes stories of fearless individuals demonstrating bravery and kindness in their everyday lives. I am your host, Ryan Schaefer, and I am a firefighter and EMT with the Kirkland Fire Department located just outside of Seattle, Washington. My guest today is Larkin Campbell. Larkin has written, produced, and starred in over 25 short films and video projects, which have gone on to win many awards at film festivals throughout the country. He has also landed dozens of roles in major motion films and television. Larkin recently chronicled his 30-year career in a hilarious and heartfelt memoir titled A View from the Middle, How an Unknown Actor Managed to Stay That Way. Larkin and I discussed the path that led him to pursuing a career in Hollywood, how he has balanced being a stay-at-home parent with the rigorous demands of life as an actor, and the importance of embracing the daily grind that comes with any great and meaningful pursuit. One note before we get started with today's episode, if you have not yet done so, please subscribe and rate The Bravest Kind with Ryan Schaefer on either Apple or Spotify podcasts. Also, if you like this episode and think of someone else who may find it inspiring, please share this with them via social media or text. This one is dedicated to others who, like Larkin, are courageous enough to chase their dreams. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Larkin Campbell, it's great to see you. So we've got a little context here for our listeners. You and I met on the set of the television show Scrubs in the early 2000s. I was doing some background extra work there on that show, Uh, a little bit of stand-in work. You graced us with your appearance, came down and hung out with the little guys there for for some time. I loved it, man. That was a, uh, like, I think it was a pretty unique show, like, it seemed like everybody was friends. It seemed like the cast was all like fresh out of film school. And like, you know, I, I wouldn't you agree to like, they treated us, us extras and standings, like they treated us pretty good. Like <laughs> we felt like we were part of the team. That's right. I mean, you have way more experience in this industry than I do, but I feel so fortunate to have landed there as just a, a kid from Oregon, fresh off the boat, finding my finding my feet in Los Angeles and to land on that show where you said almost like this a family environment, especially amongst all of the background extras, but even the, the casting crew. I mean, we were... Yeah going to uh, rap parties, going out for beers on Friday after after set, playing on the scrub softball team. It was a very cool experience. Have you seen or listened to, I should say, the podcast that Zach Braff yeah. and Donald Faison have? Yeah. I, I mean, ser- seriously, guys, why don't, why don't you try and have a little bit more fun in your life? Good Lord, those two, man. What is it? Good, good doctors, better friends. What's it called? Something like that. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's. I think it's fake doctors, real friends. And the cool thing yeah. is, they go episode by episode. Each show focuses on an episode. So I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting for the call from Zach or Donald on on when they want to do a, <laughs> a feature on some of the, the surgical intern extras. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, you know, those guys kind of capture the whole thing, right? It's like, l- listen, I, when I got on that show, I, I you know. I was a I was a veteran of, you know, working in this business for like 15, 20 years. And I'm looking around at that show. I'm like, man, do these these guys know it doesn't work like this very often? Like, like, it, like guys like me and you, hey, uh, can I have the day off? Sure. Whatever you need, Lark. Can I leave early? Yeah. Whatever you need. Like, it really was kind of a special time. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, a lot of, you know, I, you were there and a couple of other are good friends. And like, that was really like, uh, I, I think even for actors like that, like, that's kind of like as good as it gets for guys like that. Like, it, it doesn't always line up like that. That was really kind of a sweet spot for everybody involved, I think. Yeah, well, I would agree. So let's talk a little bit about you and your start here in the entertainment industry. You also just wrote and published a book, which I want to talk about in just a moment. But let's set the stage. What? <laughs> There it is right there. Oh, oh, this thing? I was just flipping through it. This whole thing? (laughs) (laughs) I've really been enjoying reading it, actually. It's taken me back. And having uh, been good friends with you, the, the fun thing about reading it, you know, often when you're reading a book, you're kind of making up your own ideas, images of, let's say it's a novel of what a character looks like or, or yeah. sounds like. In this case, your book's a, a memoir, basically. It's called A View from the Middle, yes. How an Unknown Actor Managed to Stay That Way, <laughs> which, which I just love as a title. It makes me laugh every time I read it. I hope so. And, uh, and I've, I've laughed throughout. But the nice thing about reading this and knowing you is I, I'm reading it with your voice 
talking to me, which is actually really fun. It's a fun experience. Oh, that's great, man. I love uh, it. On, on, love on this that. side of it as a, as a reader. So like I said, we'll dive into that here in just a little bit. But you've been at it now for nearly three decades. You moved to Los Angeles in the early 90s after you graduated college from Washington State. You grew up in Colorado. Wazoo. Wazoo that's right. Coog. Coog, a lot of cougs. My life is surrounded by a lot of cougs living in Seattle now. <laughs> uh, and as we said, we've we 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 did extra work. And it, for those unfamiliar with stand and work and extra work, extra is you're filling in essence the background of a scene. So let's say you're watching a movie or a television show, and it's at a restaurant. Well, obviously you have to have patrons there filling the tables, and so uh, those would be your your extras. Or in the case we were talking about scrubs, uh, we had hold to have on, a full hold on, hospital. Ryan. Yeah, hold on now. go ahead. You've been away for a while now. That the term now is it's oh. background artists. So <laughs> that's, that's right. Let me know. Had I known that, I might have stayed if I was able to get the tag as, as an artist. Uh, yeah. You know, the funny thing is you mentioned that in your book, actually. You do yeah. say that, that the term now is, a, is an artist. You got to give so. props, man. There's a lot of hardworking people out there. Oh, that's that, that's true. A lot of people looking for the break. There's no doubt about that. And then we both also did some stand-in work on that show. And I know you've done a lot of other stand-in work. And I also had the opportunity through that show and our mutual friend, Sean Driscoll to get on the set of the television show Las Vegas and be Josh Dumal's stand-in for a while. And a stand-in, in essence, you're a body double where the actors known as first team can't really be bothered during the time of setting up the scene with lighting and the camera angles and things like that. So every actor has their double and that is the stand-in so that the scene can get set while they're going and getting wardrobe change and hair and makeup and memorizing lines and doing all the fun things that uh, that actors get to do. So just given some context here for those listening, what we are referring to when we say yeah. stand-ins and background artists. Uh, you also did a lot of work as a production assistant. And then, of course, you have had your share of success here too. And then you've landed a lot of uh, roles in both major motion pictures and television series. Let's talk a little bit about your love of acting and performing. Was that developed at a young age and was moving to L.A. to pursue a career in acting, uh, something that was a lifelong dream of yours? Well, you know, I, I, I hate it when actors like, uh, you know, I, I, I stepped onto a stage in high school and, <laughs> yeah. and I wandered in there. And then I, I knew right then I was this is all I was going to do. Like, <laughs> it wasn't like that for me. If I was like I was like a lot of dudes you knew growing up, like just just, you know, most guys are like, like seeking, like, you know, like fun stuff. Right. And I came from a really small town and like, we all played sports and a few, a few of the dorks did theater. And then, you know, there were so few people at the school, you know, they were like, Hey, we need some guys, you know, to be in the back row of Oklahoma. And so literally they took like the, we need the, how about the starting uh, outfielders? You guys are going to be, you go to rehearsal today to help <laughs> right. the musical department. So anyway, like, dude, the, the bug was in me early just because it was just fun. It was just, you know, it was just another thing you did in a small town. You know, and, and you know, if you've done it and people have been on, you know, on stage and in plays and like pe a lot of people have done close to it, like, you know, like speaking, like I had to speak at this business function or something like if you've if you've had the lights on you and you had the mic in front of you, like some people love it and some people it's not for them. And I loved it right from then. And then, you know, and, and it was, you know, it just, you know, I don't know what comes natural to people, you know, more than like acting came natural to me. It was just I, I, I but Ryan, I never thought it was acting. I was just, you know, goofing around in front of people. Uh, and and then at the end, people clapped. I'm like, well, now now we're talking. Now now we're on to something, right? And then in college was the same thing. I'm taking classes, and you know, theater 101 is an elective. And then I start. Then then you just start grinding in theater, and you're like, man, this is it's it's just it's such an awesome, unique, fun profession that you know, at the time you're just you're just doing it because you know you love it. And then and and but the thing that flipped it for me, Schaefer, was going to Washington State. And I'm just doing uh, uh, in the broadcasting classes. And, you know, it was such a great department, great teachers. You know, you're learning about everything from the how the radio waves work to doing a weather report to a featured uh, little segment on, hey, there's a World War II veteran that works at Safeway and Larkin, we should go interview him. And then on, so on Monday, you get the idea. Tuesday, you go shoot it. And we, you know, you and I have shot short films together, like putting stuff together in a week was like it was so much fun. But my favorite part, Shafe, was what, what the light bulb went on for me was like when I was in front of the camera, like at Wazoo, like, yeah. uh, here we are at Safeway, you know, uh, 
Tony Donatio here, World War II veteran, shot down twice. And then, so I, I loved interviewing people, but I also loved, you know, uh, you know, like being on camera myself, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, and, and let you know from doing this, like you're, you're on camera a lot. So when I'm interviewing people, you know, you start the segment and then you usually, you know, book in the segment with a, with the wrap up. And I loved it. Like, you know, when the little red light came on on the mm-hmm. camera and so I mean, theater was always kind of a fun, easy goof around thing, but like my li- real love of like being loving on camera was at the Wazoo broadcasting department. Cause the, the teachers were, were so good, you know, and my one teacher, Glenn Johnson, he's the, he's the voice of the Cougs at all the stadium right games. And I think he does basketball and football. Very cool. He took me aside one day and he said, and it's, it's in the book too. You might've seen it. He's like, Mark, and you're really good at this dude. Why don't you quit screwing around and see how good you could really be? Because this stuff comes really natural to you. And a lot of people work hard to be good at it and you're already there. So why don't you, why don't you let me teach you a little bit and you, you, you might have some real luck in this. So, so that was the, the, the bite for me, dude, was just being on camera. And when I, when I moved to uh, California, I, I was trying to do an internship at Entertainment Tonight. And I, I, I didn't really think about the acting as much as I just wanted to be near people that were on camera. You know, I, I, and that, you know, I had my choice of doing an internship from Wazoo. You could either go do a, uh, an internship at a radio station in Boise and do nothing. Or, you know, uh, I had a friend who had a friend who said, you can do your internship anywhere you want, dude, anywhere in America. And I, my friend in California said, dude, I, I did my internship at entertainment tonight and I can get you in there. And that dude, I mean, that was uh, when I came down there on spring break, my senior year, and I walked through the gates of Paramount Pictures and I said, I'm from Washington State and I'd love to do uh, an internship here. And they're like, whatever, dude, uh, wh- whenever, when do you want to start? I'm like, that's it. That's that's uh, the magic of Hollywood. Is yeah. that it? And then, you know, and then, dude, when I was down there on spring break and I saw I saw the Cheers set from the TV show mm-hmm. and I saw the Os- Arsenio Hall set. And I'm like, man, there are there are real people that that work around cameras and do this stuff for a living that I mean. You know, that and that, w- th- that was my moment. It wasn't in high school when I knew I wanted to be an actor. It was when I saw that like there's real people, hundreds of them that make a living being around cameras and you know filming stuff and being a part of something creative. That was when it hit for me. One thing that was interesting reading your book, and I'm not completely through with it. I'm probably about halfway. But at the beginning, you were just talking about this internship. You at I'll, I'll wait. Go ahead. I'll wait. <laughs> We'll get there. I'll call you tonight when I'm all done. Yeah, this this interview interrupted my morning read. Thank you. Between your internship at Entertainment Tonight and doing a lot of production assistant work, again, your first few years in L.A., like many people, almost everybody that gets into the industry, uh, just trying to figure out how it all works and, and trying to make enough money that you can keep the dream alive. But what really stood out to me was your ability to seize the moment and to be such a go-getter. And you talk a lot about uh, uh, just peppering uh, producers and directors, letting them know that you are actors and finagling your way into auditions, even though you weren't technically in that position yet. Yeah. You, 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 you were working on these sets, as I said, either you know, doing, doing production assistant work, which is a lot of the grunt work, making coffee, uh, copies, doing anything that is required of you. But you managed to land quite a few roles early on simply by being persistent and your charm and personality that I know that you have. Is that something that comes naturally to you? Or would you tell yourself, like, I've got to seize this moment. I'm actually here around these people. Well, I I mean, I think, yeah, I think it it was both, man, to be honest. Like, you know, when when I was just grinding away, you know, making copies and then making coffee and then making copies. And then, so I'd make these copies Ryan. And then I'd drive him, you know, 40 miles away to some kid's house. He'd open the door. I'm like, dude, dude, you're, you look like me. Like, yeah, like yeah. why, why, why can't I be you? And some dude dropping off the scripts to me. So yeah, at, at some point, and it was on this, this show that never went very far. And, you know, uh, when I'm late, when I'm setting out the coffee cups for the kids that are coming into audition and, uh, just, uh, it was, there was one time too many, Ryan. I was like, you know what? That, so I went, you know, the, the producer was a, was a big boy uh, at Paramount and, you know, and I, and I, and I you know, I, I dealt with these big producers every day. You know, I was, I was a peon, but I knew him. I knew him on a first basis. I'm like, Hey, how, how, how do I get a shot? You know, that, that's when it started. Like, you know, I, I'm, 
I, I was really good in high school in plays. I really think I deserve a shot. But, you know, honestly, Schaefer, at that, at that level, they didn't care. They're like, I know, Lar- I know Larkin. He's a good dude. He says he's an actor. I don't know. He's got a headshot. I, I don't know. And, and then at some point it became, you know, can I bug you enough for you to give me a shot to be, you know, a guy in bar and I can say two lines holding a beer in my hand. And then, you know, and, and I had a couple that missed, you know, like a couple auditions I wasn't, I wasn't quite ready for. I, you know, I was coming in, you know, off of being a PA and living in my truck, driving around to thinking I was ready and I wasn't, but you know, when I got ready, and the opportunity, you know, what is it? Opportunity and preparation meets whatever. Meets, mm-hmm. yep. Yeah, a couple of them went, the, like, I'll never forget the first one when it lined up, and I was a nervous wreck, but I lined up, and, you know, on on the spot, they're like, all right, yeah, you, you guys good? Larkin's good? All right, man, you got it. You work tomorrow, thanks. And then they're like, next. I'm like, that's it? That's 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 the magic of all this stuff? Yeah. So then, then it became, because I had way more connections in the working world of being a PA mm-hmm. and, be, and trying to trying to be a set PA and a driving around PA, you know, it was two different things, but that's where all my connections were. So I, you know, I got lucky in the fact that I never like, you know, I never worked, uh, in a, in a grocery store, you know, and I never worked at Starbucks, like all my jobs were in the business. So all my connections were in the business. So, you know, when somebody was getting a show, I could follow what, you know, Oh, you guys got six episodes. Cool. I bet there's a, I bet there's a guy in a bar in that, in one of those episodes. And so I could chase that down. So that kind of became my hustle was, I need a friend on a show. I need a. Uh, I need to know the name of the casting director and how do I get my headshot to them and take my chances. But before I was really like in, you know, in the acting world, I got really lucky with, you know, a few of my hustles really paying off. So I really got a few roles before I was even, you know, didn't have an agent or manager. But you know, th- th- those were my like those were my big breaks was just getting a shot. So let's talk about that hustle. The life of an actor. I, I was down there for four years trying to <laughs> pursue this uh, loosely. I, I don't think I ever put in the uh, time and energy and effort that's really necessary to to grind it out. And, and I, I want to point that out. I mean, every now and again, you do hear these stories of the lucky individuals that land their, you know, the Ashton Kuchers of the world that land yeah. their first audition and what have you. But could have been you, Ryan. Could have been you. It could have, it could have been me. Could have, could have been. You're right there. You're right there. One more year. One more year. (laughs) Gave up one year too soon. But I do (laughs) think it takes a little bit of that, just pushing the chips all in to really give it, to not have that a fallback or if this doesn't work, or I'm only going to give it this amount of time. But there's no doubt that this can be a very challenging uh, profession and one that's uh, often filled with a lot of more lows than highs. And I know the the word no, you you have to hear the word no a lot and a lot of rejection from uh, auditions. You're still at it. How do you stay motivated? Well, honestly, like, I think it's like a carryover from the years where like, I hadn't, I hadn't gotten anything, you know, for so long. And, you know, once you started, once I, you know, once I got into the guild and once I got, you know, then you get a little job, then a little job leads to a decent job. And then, you know, and, and, and once that, once you started, you know, once I was in the game, you know, and I'm, you know, Oh, I booked Grey's Anatomy. Oh my God. That's dude. That's, I know it's crazy. I can't believe it. And then I booked, you know, CSI New York and you're getting jobs and, and you're, you're in the game and all your years of, you know, driving around town, dropping off headshots. First of all, you're begging for an agent, which mm-hmm. is which is harder yeah, than hard getting to, a job. Absolutely, it's damn hard getting an agent. Average looking thirty year old dude looking around. You know, I, I'm really good. Just nobody knows it yet. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. the, you can throw a rock down here and hit fifty of us. You know, <laughs> everybody who was a background artist at, at Scrubs, you know, had a headshot. Everybody was ready to roll. We just you know, and, and you were kind of, you were kind of like, you know, I was kind of like what you were doing, but I was like, I did it like, you know, 10 years earlier, like you land in town, you know, you got, you know, you have probably the wherewithal to, to, you know, get your hand in the game, you know, yeah. you, you know, you, and, and so I just, I just stuck with the grind so hard at the beginning that when it started to pay off, I just, I just, I'm like, I, I, I always just kind of felt like, there was, there was always dudes working harder than me. Always, mm. you know, if I'm an average looking 30 year old white male, there's, there's thousands of us. And if they're hustling today, I better be hustling today too. And I always like, you know, I kept my acting journals forever. Like, what did you do today? You know, like, you know, like a, what's it like a dream catcher board. I'm like, yep. I can do it today. Today's <laughs> your day. I probably had, probably had cat posters all over my, uh, <laughs> my study, 
you know, but I didn't, I didn't, Shafe, I never cared. Dude, you and I have been friends long enough. Like I, I didn't care how hard it was. It wasn't, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I'm, I'm like you, like I'm, I'm not from here. Uh, you know, I, I'm from a little small town in Colorado where I, we don't know anybody that did anything anywhere. Like, and, and the, when I started to have some luck, I'm like, I, I, I'm all in, like it already paid off for me when I started to get some luck, you know? And then, but then I just kept going. It was a, it was a 15 years of, and I was with you for part of that, you know, yep. acting was one thing, you know, I got to get jobs. I got to get five jobs a year. I got it. I got to I got to press it as hard as I can all yep. the time. But then we started shooting our own stuff, you know, thinking, well, I, you know, I'm never going to get cast maybe as, you know, the romantic lead in some horror movie, you know, because guys like John Cusack and all those guys, the, you know, there's hundreds of those guys. But the rest of us, you know, we got to make our own movies. And then, you know, you got a friend on the sound and a friend on the camera and a friend who can wear a Bigfoot suit like Ryan. And we do, you know, you do your thing and you hope that you can give somebody a shot of what you can really do. And, and, you know, the plan worked a little bit because some of the short films we shot, you know, helped get me jobs. You know, it gave you, you know, here's a scene where I'm dramatic and I'm pissed off and and I can show people more than I could ever show them with, you know, guy in bar or officer number three. Right. So, so I just think, once I started the, the, the meat and potatoes, the grinding years, you know, that 15 years of, you know, 70, 70 auditions a year and I'm booking three jobs and how can I get more next year? And do I need a better agent? So when that, when I was just in that shape, I just, just the grind. And then when I started taking some time back, you know, to be with the kids and stuff, uh, you know, you know, it was always like, you know, family was like 40% and I was like, I'm 60%. I got to keep going. And then it, flipped and you know as good as anybody like now it's like family 95 percent. and if i can find time to you know i I write at least one hour a day Uh, you know if i have to get up at four then i got to get up at four because i have to write a day i have to write have to work on something every day if if, you know i shouldn't live here if i'm not going to keep doing that right but but my grind now is to to put my time and effort and energy into things that i think might pay off like you know we're, we're trying to put the final touches on this horror script that we think we can sell and, or, uh, uh, is there a great little, um, uh, film festival? I can get this film in that could get us some more notoriety. And, and so I, I just think, uh, Shafe, I, I was just, I was never going to quit because I knew how hard I worked to get in it. And yep. then when I was in it for so long, and now that I'm, I, I, for the time being, I'm out of it a little bit, you know, just writing and, and we, we, this last short film we did, we've gotten into like 30 festivals oh, right and on, our, our mutual great. friend Sean has won like four best director rewards. That's very cool. Awards. And yep. we shot that, you know, five minutes from here with a bunch of actor friends of ours that all wanted to do something good. So, you know, now it's more like, you know, where's my time, effort and energy best well spent to keep my foot in the game uh, without, you know, uh, the, the wasted time of, you know, just throwing my headshots up in the sky and hoping for another job. But uh, dude, I like shave. I'm, I'm, I'm never going to quit, dude. I mean, I, it's, it was never going to be something, you know, I'll give myself 20 years and that's it. It was never that. Yeah. And I don't, uh, the reality is it can't, it, it, it can't be, as I mentioned, you got to push your chips all in, which, which you've done and you've got to not only love it, but I think you've got to have some appreciation and love for the grind like you talk about and, and, and some respect for that. And then that goes with any, anything, not just acting, wanting to start anything yeah. of, of, of meaning and value, uh, creating something, whether it's creating a business or, you know, renovating a home or whatever that's, it's, it, you've got, you've got to be willing to, to yeah. grind it out. I do want to backtrack a moment ago. I'm glad to hear that some of those short films got you some work because my highly anticipated role as Squatch, uh, unfortunately, I don't think really led me to any future acting work. So I don't know if I no. can complain to the creator and, and, and director of the show or what. I think your appearance in Squatch got you a one-way ticket to Washington. I think that's, what <laughs> I think got that's you. exactly <laughs> it. It's like, all right, we're through with this guy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I, I do think maybe I could do some role-playing and some haunted houses or something around here come Halloween time. So we did this short film literally called Squatch, uh, a hunt for Bigfoot, and I was Squatch. That is... That Squatch mask, though, was legit. Or we had uh, an actual uh, legitimate makeup uh, artist that that, yeah. that makes prosthetics for for movies, and I still I still have that in a plastic bin sitting in my garage it. here in Seattle. I, I, every one of these Halloweens, I'm going to bust that out. I'm actually going to go get the rest of the suit and and put that face on and 
probably scare some scare some neighbors as I'm passing out candy or something on Halloween. <laughs> no, dude, but that I mean, don't worry. You, you got to admit, Shay, those were good times, man. Just- oh, I, I, uh, Larkin, some of, some of the best times. I have nothing but fond memories of of my entire time in Los Angeles, uh, but. Some that really stick out are being on the set of Scrubs, as we talked about. I think that was a really special time and and very unique, especially not only uh, the cast that was uh, really just hitting it big for the first time, a lot of them, but they seem to genuinely like each other, which has bared true. We talked about that podcast that Zach and Donald are doing, and they seem like they're lifelong friends now. But even for all of us... Uh, a background artist and and stand-ins hanging out genuinely got along well and, and the fact that they recast us all the time so yeah no fond memories for, from that and then yeah making those short films with you and sean are, are some of my best uh memories that i have and and um no i'll, I'll always cherish those four years uh, that i spent down there uh in los angeles for sure and you're a big part of that but what's funny shape is like you know not to talk about me but let's talk about me some more let's so, yeah no this is your interview <laughs> But the, like those, the, those, that time at Scrubs where they let like, uh, you know, you and me and another, our other buddy, we had a cool little place to hang out in between being on set. And that was when, you know, my friend Sean, he's like, dude, you know, what are we doing? We should write something like that was li- literally when it all happened for me. It was I like, a, you know, a full season of Scrubs, like seven or eight months. Yeah. And you know, you're around, you're around young, energetic people that, you know, are everybody's, everybody's itching to do something. And I, I honestly think, dude, being on that show, we're like, we're like, we're literally downstairs in the basement, hanging out, craft service galore, playing, you know, a triangle football, having a ball, right? Yep. Literally, you know, one flight up is all these young people like making a living, you know, doing, you know, being the lucky guys, you know, doing what, what we want to do. So I really think like, I honestly think like that show inspired me and inspired Sean too. Like, you know, I, I, you know, I, I wasn't an actor just waiting to be undiscovered, but like in my mind, I thought I was. And so that time, you know, having to go to work every day and, you know, a lot of times we had downtime and, you know, being around Sean and writing and being around, like, Hey, let's, Hey, let's do something. Let's do this. Maybe we can actually do something good. And, and that was literally right when, like I got my first job, my uh, American Dreams, the show on NBC. Yeah, I because I, I had you know new headshots, and I had a friend on that show, and I I left Scrubs one day at lunch, ran him over there, and uh, Larkin, she wants to see you, and I like I got my first acting job, you know, in that same period of time, and because I, I remember I was at Scrubs when I got the call, hey Larkin, yeah, you booked cool. a job, and I remember you know thinking, all right. So long, suckers. Yeah, yeah. Beat it, nerds. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it certainly didn't happen like that. But, like, you know, I, I just think, you know, um, you know, when when I was in the heart of that grind, I had friends like you and Sean that, like, you know, guys were like, my mind, Schaefer, has always been like, why not, dude? Why not us? Yeah. Why yeah. not now? Let, yeah. Let's let's get on something. And, and none of us, you know, it's okay to fly by the seat of your pants because nobody knew what we were doing. But so I'm auditioning like crazy trying to get like the next job at the same time we're shooting like crazy on the weekends and planning the next thing. And, you know, when the creative juices are flowing, you know, and every now and then you, you get a strike, it's just, you know, like, it's like, it's like, it's like, like when you uh, get a, get a birdie on a, on a par three Schaefer, mm-hmm. like you're screwed. Cause now you're going to play golf for 10 more years, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 It's a, just you enough, know? just enough to keep you going. You can suck it up for 17 holes, but if yeah. you just hit it sweet on that one, uh, that one par three where you stick it about two feet from the pin, it's enough yeah. to keep you coming back. And you saw, dude, you, you saw, remember, uh, and I took you to that, uh, Joel Asher, the acting class mm-hmm. I took you yeah, to, yeah. but you know, <laughs> we make fun of that guy. Cause uh, his class was such like, <laughs> deep inside yourself. And, and, and I, I, I remember the look in your eyes, Schaefer, when he would get deep on stuff, you'd be like, okay, I, I don't know. If, <laughs> I don't know if this is my jam, but you know, whatever uh, dude, you were there, you were trying it. I think you gave it a couple weeks effort. And then, um, but dude, you were a perfect example, Ryan, of like a, a dude who, who said the same thing I did, whether you think you had success or not, you did, you landed there, you, you jumped on something, you know, everyone liked you at scrubs. And you did, you did your thing, you know, you, you weren't some guy who said, I'm going to get out of here. This I'm better than all this. It wasn't like that, dude. You were, you were a guy just like me. And it, it you know, that's why you look at that stuff so fondly. Cause we were, you know, you were all in it together and whether you think it worked out or not, you know, it, it still did because, you know, we're, we're still talking and it was fun. There's a few things from that, that I agree with you. One 
I want to, you mentioned something. One thing that I always liked about LA and that I've missed a little bit ever since I've left is there is that feeling that everybody's pursuing something. Like I said, maybe today this can be the day. There's it, it, yeah. it, those those dreams can be it can, it can be soul crushing, but there's that little bit that just every day there's there's hope and optimism that maybe that can be the day. Whereas I think for the most part in in, in most professions and in and, and most people's lives, you get into this uh, level of comfort and you just ride that wave, and you know, nothing nothing wrong with that at all. But I remember being down there just, it was really inspiring being surrounded by people that were going for it and, and that, that, that maybe today uh, was the day. And as far as my time in LA, man, I absolutely feel like it worked out. I, I could not have been, I mean, I, I, I got a, you know, the cool thing again about being on Scrubs is as I started having these little one-off parts, they would start throwing them to us backgrounds because why go cast for somebody that needs to say three words when they've got all these regular extras hanging out that are, that are aspiring to, to be actors and in front of the camera. And so, I mean, I got into SAG, I got into the Screen Actors Guild uh, because of Scrubs. I, uh, I, I landed a, a a day part, a speaking role in that show. I mean, I still get I still get my residual check every quarter from Scrubs. I, bet I, you do, man. I mean, you know, for some distribution in, in 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 Denmark or Poland or something, you know, my check for I think after taxes, it's usually about seven dollars and thirteen cents. But um, yeah, I still still show, get man. that check. Starbucks, I love it. <laughs> I met some great friends. It's interesting because the fact that I went on The Bachelorette, I think in some ways that almost put the end to my pursuit. I had this really hard time wrapping my head around continuing, trying to uh, go on with what I was doing and auditioning and, and scraping by after having done that show. I don't know. It was just where I was mentally at the time. And I think I was just, I was just yeah. ready for a change anyway, but you know, I, where I am now, I've been up in Seattle for 16 years and I, I was working as a corporate trainer in finance, teaching these uh, uh, seminars where I was yeah. still up in front of a group, uh, I remember you now, down here. Yeah, I met you a couple yeah, times. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. We would get together. That, that's one thing I miss about that job is I traveled a lot. And so it allowed me the opportunity to, to connect with people. But now even being a firefighter, and it's interesting how things have come full circle a lot. I was uh, you know, on this show on Fox a couple of years ago, First Responders Live. I've just done some little, I mean, we were talking before we started recording some little stuff up here in Seattle, given the fact that Kirkland was on the front lines of the uh, COVID outbreak. So a lot of local news segments and even some stuff on MSNBC. So it's still, I still have a pull uh, towards this whole field. And I, I still have these little moments sure. in life that bring me back to it. And so, and I think a lot of that, I, one, I've always had an interest, but I think gaining some of the confidence that I did during my time in LA has still allowed me to take advantage of some of these opportunities that have come about even as I've moved away and pursued other avenues. Larko, what does the general public not understand about the entertainment industry? What do you think people get wrong the most? That it is a uh, heartless, cutthroat pit of despair. <laughs> no. no, dude, I mean, uh, uh, like I said, like, I think, I think what people, I, I think people have started to come around to the fact knowing that like, you know, movies take forever to make and TV shows, uh, you know, you hear actors say sometimes, you know, uh, uh, it's, it's 20 hour days for six weeks straight. I, I think people have clued in a little bit like, like it, it is work and it is a, a massive grind on your family and your friends. But like, I, I think most people don't know how, how hard it really is. I mean, I, you know, I, but before we had kids, you know, and I, I didn't, I didn't mind like leaving the house at six in the morning and not coming home till 10. I didn't mind. Cause I had, you know, I had stuff to do for sure. And then when I was like standing in and PAing, you know, 16 hour days was commonplace on a lot of shows. And, but then when you, when you mix that in with, you know, thousands of people, thousands of people trying to raise families and make TV shows and make movies out of town. I mean, I think that's what people don't know is that it, it, it is a lifestyle choice for sure. And it, it's worked for my family. You know, my wife and I met on a show and we were together for a couple of years before we got married Then kids shortly after that. So I, you know, she, she, you know, she's a first AD and she's worked on, you know, she wears the headset all day. She's in charge of a million things all the time. She yells at everybody all day long. And <laughs> including it, you, know, you it, when she gets it, home. Yeah. 
I have to remind her at home, she can't, you know, take off your headset, honey, you're home now. You're not even plugged into a walkie talkie. Stop, stop yelling at all of us. But you know, it, it is, it is a lifestyle choice and it's, it's hard. It's hard on crew. It's hard on actors. It's, you know, it, it, sh, sh, you know, for the, for the big boys, you know, the producers and the actors and even like the, the, the head of departments, you know, the key grips and the electric, those guys, you know, they're all making somewhere between 300,000, you know, half a million dollars a year. Cause they're, they're grinding away, but they have, everybody has sacrificed, you know, you've, yeah. you've missed kids, you've missed everything uh, uh, for chunks at a time. And I, you know, I, I'm, I am a perfect example of it. I mean, you, you know, my life like, Oh, Hey, my wife got a movie. Where is it? Oh, it's in Atlanta. Well, that's awesome. Cause we have two, two year olds yeah. at the house. So you know, you, you've been home with your two, your two kids, Shafe. Like, oh, yeah. uh, during the pandemic, she was in New Zealand. You know, we couldn't go down there. Clearly, she couldn't come home. You can't come home on the weekends from New Zealand. And that's, that has been my life. That's been my life for, uh, you know, for uh, 19 years of, you know, someone's yeah. got to be with the kids. You know, yeah. oh, I got, a, I got offered a movie in Bakersfield. Uh, playing a baseball coach, uh, you know they're going to give me um, they're going to give me uh, sixteen thousand dollars. I'd love to do that. Oh, but Maria got a job in uh, Vancouver for six months, and I've got to stay home. All right, well, well, have fun, Maria. I'll be home with. <laughs> Thanks for the opportunity. <laughs> but I don't. That, that's my answer, dude. Is like it. it you know, if, if the if the payoff is okay for you, like and you guys can juggle it together. You know, when my wife gets a movie out of town, I can't ever say, Oh, you know, here you go again. And on a much, 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 much lower scale. It's, it's like the military type stuff. We, we, we go when they, she has to go when they call, you know, I've never been out of town on a shoot for more than 10 days ever. And, you know, in 30 years, and usually I could come home, you know, I've shot in Ontario and Palmdale and stuff like that. But when she goes, she goes far and we make it work because that's the choices we've made. So, you know, that, that is the hard part and, and, you know, people in it and, you know, and it's been the choices we made, but, you know, I, I don't think we regret it at all, but it is, it is not for the faint of heart at all. No, I, it's not. And I, uh, you're right. People don't get that. And having worked on a lot of sets, it is a grind and it is long days and it's not glamorous. All the glamour comes after the fact when it's all, done and edited and released and you can go do all this publicity work and, and, and watch the finished product, which is great, but it is long, tedious work. And you mentioned your wife being a first AD again, for those unfamiliar with the business, that's, that's an assistant director and that is a big person role. I mean, that is the real deal. And I know your wife, Maria has worked on many movie sets with James Cameron, who I'm sure is a name that everybody is familiar with, uh, for a lot of huge, big budget, uh, blockbuster movies that he's done. So yeah, I know your wife's done, uh, very well with, with her career, but that does put a burden as you just said on the, on the family. Cause those are, sure, those yeah. are long shoots and often in destinations that are not, uh, not possible for her to come home, uh, every day. So yeah, I think that's a, that's a very well worded answer to that. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about your book here. Larkin, I mentioned it at the beginning, A View from the Middle, How an Unknown Actor Managed to Stay That Way. And I'm going to read the quick little blurb or bio on the back because it made me laugh. You better be good. Go. It says, Larkin Campbell appeared in over 35 short films that you and everybody you know have never seen. He finagled his way into some screen time in 10 major motion pictures, mostly by being next to the director when the other guy was fired. Larkin, get in there, became a staple of his career. He's never been nominated for an award of any kind, although he did receive the coveted Most Spirited Award twice in high school for being the guy on the bench yelling the most. (laughs) So I think that sums it up pretty well. Talk to me about the process of writing this book, uh, what led you to doing so, and what were some things that you learned about yourself uh, through that process, and especially Uh, looking back over your years in Hollywood. Yeah, man. I mean, I... uh... I encourage everybody like in this life to, uh, I know journals are kind of, you know, dorky and hokey and whatever, but like what, what made this whole book possible was that I I've, I've kept one, you know, I, they make you start them in college. It's your, it's your, you know, emotional journal or whatever it is. How did you feel about this scene today? And then, 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 you know, so I had that and I, so I, it's, it's kind of cool cause you can capture your thoughts of when you're 21 and 25. And so that was cool. But when I got down here, I, I started keeping like a, um, an actor's journal for like auditions. You know, this was the day I went in, 
this was the casting director I saw. This is where her office is. This is her contact. And then, then it became like just journal entries. Like the audition went great today. I don't know what's wrong with me. Like, why, why do I feel like my voice sounds weird? You know, mm-hmm. I think I'm fat, you know, all that, you know, you have all that stuff in there. Yeah. And then, but I, I did, I kept it for 25 years, you know, all just pages of auditions and scrubs and feelings. And, you know, this is where I dropped off my headshot today. This is who got this. The lady was great. I'm going to call her back in a week. So I was looking through all that about two years ago. And I, you know, I found some, you know, I wrote down, oh, I worked on set today. Tom Hanks is the greatest man I've ever met in my life. He's such a sweetheart. You know, I got him Diet Cokes all day and he's, uh, and, and then, so I'm, I'm, I'm sitting with a friend of mine. Uh, he played uh, college football at Wisconsin and, and he played in the Rose Bowl mm-hmm. and he wrote a book about it, you know, like, um, like, you know, he's not a famous author at all, but he wrote a book about like what it's like, you know, to, to walk out and play football as a 20 year old in front of 109,000 people and what it felt like. And I said, dude, your book is so good. Like, you know, and it's just an emotional book, you know, and it's not for everybody, but he's like, well, Campbell, you, all your stories are good. Why don't you, why don't you write it down? And so I've, I look back at all these journals and I'm like, well, you know, I've, pre- I've kept a pretty good record of my career. So you it, have, I'm, I'm impressed. Was, I'm impressed. We're sorry to cut you off, but reading yeah. this, that's one thing that has stood out. It's like how you, you tell it in so much detail and you have these journals and you have a lot of uh, mementos, your uh, original temporary SAG card and some cool yeah. old photos with Robin Williams and Clint Eastwood and Cameron Diaz among, amongst others. So uh, anyway, c- continue on, but that has been cool to see. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, that was, that was the jumping off point because, you know, the, believe me, Ryan, the, the good stories, I don't need a journal to tell you the good stories. Like I, yeah. I remember what time of the day it was when I met, you know, Chris Farley. I can, I can tell you what I was wearing that day. Like that those days I don't need help on, but you know, you start going through it, dude. And I, I honestly, Schaefer, I believe like everybody, everybody who has stepped foot in this town, you know, there was a reason they came, you know, they, there was a reason they stayed. There was a reason they decided to even come here and leave friends and family. So, you know, I, I'm always fascinated with other people's stories. So I was hoping that mine would be good enough to stick. And then, you know, you just start going, you start going in high school. I felt this way, college, move down here, all that stuff. And then I had a book that was probably longer than like five Bibles. Like, it was, yeah. <laughs> and I gave it to a friend to read. He's like, good Lord, Lark. And I, I didn't mean, I don't want you to write down your whole life. It's not like that, but then you start whittling, you know, just like a screenplay or just like any movie we've worked on and edited. Like I go, how, how, how can my, how can, what, what, and this is what they tell all authors, you know, what book do you want to read? You know? And so it came down to my buddy's book who wrote about the Rose bowl. Like I was riveted by it. You know, you're a sports guy. I was riveted yep. by the fact yep. that, you know, uh, he, you know, he taped his own fingers before he walked out on the field. Like I love that stuff. I love personal stuff of people I know. So one, one friend told me, Larkin, if you don't show them some blood, if you don't bleed a little bit in this book, nobody's mm-hmm. going to care about you. You're just mm-hmm. another guy who didn't make it big. So with that in mind, I thought, who, you know, who's my target audience? You know, can I, can I help some guy like, like you, you know, when you landed in here, would you, would you pick up that book and think, you know, it's not like a how-to guide, but it's more of like a, yeah, dude, you can do this. I did it. I'm just a dude like you. This is what I did. This is my path. It's, it's not going to work. It won't be the same for you, but I really felt like I had kind of a lane that I could really like genuinely help people out. And I'm not like trying to be a martyr about it. Like I, I could have used a book like the one I think I needed to write. You know what yeah. I mean? So, mm-hmm. you know, one cool, well, a lot of cool stories. It made me reminisce on some of my days in, in LA. You share a really fun story about playing hoops on a regular basis with Woody Harrelson uh, yeah, yeah. when he was on yeah, the set yeah. of Cheers and you were working. I think that's when you were an intern. Was that when you were an intern at ET and it was yeah. on the same the same lot, the same set? And there was another actor, another celebrity that you were hooping it up with, uh, I believe that you... Uh, Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell, that's it. That, yeah. that, that's exactly right. Yeah, it's Kurt. Uh, I had my own moment of celebrity hooping it up with George Clooney on the yeah. set of ER. Yeah, on the, on NBC, was, okay. That yeah, was pretty fun. So anyway, it just made me made me think back to. Well, that's funny. Like I, I've worked, I, up, I worked uh, on many Clooney. shows on NBC over the years, and yeah. everybody knew when ER was taking a break that Clooney was going to go hoop because he just he, you know he just grinded he, on that hoop over there. Just he always, always hooped. Well, I, I was doing. You don't. You might not even know this, but I moved down to Los Angeles right when I graduated from college in 1998, and I only stayed for about three months. 
I was uh, dating a girl and I was just really struggling. And my buddy I moved down with wanted to move back up. And so I only lasted for three months the first time. Okay. And then three years later, I came back. And that's when I stuck okay, it out for longer than okay. when I met you. So it was in that first three, that first stint, my first LA stint, that I was also doing extra work. And I, I booked a day on ER. And it was so cool. It was lunch break. And I was sitting there eating lunch with another another extra, another background artist. And Clooney was hooping with his stand-in. It was just the two of them playing one-on-one. And one of them asked us, like, hey, you guys want to play hoops? So we played a game of two-on-two hoops with George Clooney for about a half hour during lunch break. It was, it was just, just really, you know, and he was known. I mean, he was popular at the time, but not, not George Clooney famous that we all know of him now. It was right as his yeah. star, that trajectory was really taken off. So it was cool and a big deal, but I don't think it was it quite, you know, it would have been way different if that moment happened now. And I was, <laughs> I was balling with George oh, Clooney yeah. at the time. It was like, oh, this is cool. I'm hooping up with George Clooney. But uh, so anyway, that was kind of fun. You mentioned about you and Maria, your wife, meeting on the set of, uh, of a show. I think in your book, you say it was supermarket sweep actually, which yep. makes me yep. laugh because, uh, yeah, my kids love watching old school, retro, original supermarket sweeps as well as the <laughs> the new one. And before we started recording, uh, you talked about, you have two twin boys, Colin and Casey that just graduated high school and are heading off to college. And then you also have a daughter named Shay, who's what, eight, is she eight mm-hmm. years old. Shay. So she's yep. right around uh, my daughter, Poppy's age. So I spent a lot of time with your family when I was living down there and Casey and Colin were just young toddlers, probably uh, to, you know, two, three years old, maybe even younger than that. Do any of your children have an interest in this industry? No, I, I don't think, I don't think, yeah, I think they've retired, Ryan, because uh, like <laughs> they, uh, were you down here when they, I don't know when it was when they, so they, uh, I was auditioning like crazy for uh, commercials. Like, you know, I was getting, right. I was getting four a week for Honda or McDonald's and they, you know, everybody was bringing in their, their six-year-old kids. And then I got this one for Silk Milk. Uh, it was, uh, Silk Milk had always had, uh, print ads in, in magazines, but they had never done a, a national commercial. And so Silk Milk was looking for a six-year-old. I said, Hey, I got two six-year-olds. Can I bring them in? You know, I did like the quick paperwork to like, you know, make them eligible. And they were looking for one kid. I brought my kids in together. They, they killed it, Ryan. They, they killed the audition better than I've ever done in my life. They were funny as hell. They er, charming. So they changed it. They, so they made the commercial for one kid into two. My kids both booked their first national commercial ever. They made, you know, I, I honestly, not to brag, like they, they made $20,000 for two days of work. I got them the job. I made $22,000 and, you know, it sounds like a lot of money, but I think I worked two days that year. So that was, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. we probably tapped out at 24 grand for the year, but <laughs> so they booked their first national and, you know, and, and then the second one, they didn't get anything. And they booked their, their third commercial for a Safeway commercial. So they were, they were two out of three. Right. And then, uh, then that was it. <laughs> then they started like Larkin, can you bring them in separately? You know, so Colin's got McDonald's at two o'clock in the afternoon in case yeah. he's got Coke at, so about, about two weeks in, we were like, you know what, you guys you walk away now. It was great. You guys made some money that I'm going to spend next month on their, on their college for sure. But <laughs> that's right. So we tried it, Chafe, but like, like I said, dude, this, this is our lifestyle. And we, you know, my wife works with a lot of kids on movies and, you know, it, it's a lifestyle that we made a choice, you know, I'm not saying they would have gone on to, to, you know, find a career in this, but it's, it wasn't, it wasn't for us. And I, I you know, I, I, at some point I was taking them to more auditions than I was getting. Yeah. And I was like, that's, that's, <laughs> you're like, Hey, no, you guys are done. So, <laughs> Oh, you're, you're, you're Casey and Colin's dad, huh? You're no, no longer Larkin. You're just known as their dad. Fantastic. What about, what about moving forward? They're going off to college. Uh, as a career, would you encourage them to, pursue this path as a career post-college? I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I, what I love about this, Ryan is like, I, I just think it's one of the, it's one of the few businesses in, in the world. Like you can, you can flat out make a dent every day. You know, you you can hustle every day and, and like make progress. And if you're shooting something yourself or learning how to edit, or learning how to, you know, or buy your own sound gear. Like if you want to, if you want to do this for a living, you can, you know, and 
I, I want them to know that's honestly, dude, that's the reason I wrote the entire book was to show them that like, I wasn't just some guy who tried and failed mm-hmm. and then stayed home with you losers while your mom, you know, went and <laughs> killed it. It wasn't like that at all. I, I worked as hard as any, anybody I know, you know, chasing my dream. And, you know, honestly, that's why I wrote the book. You know, my, my dad was a pretty successful country singer, but I, I don't, I, I never, I never knew what it was like for him. You know, he didn't have journals and he didn't write a book, you know, and I love my dad and I were close, but like I, he, he died, you know, 15 years ago and I missed it. I missed knowing, you know, what it was like for him in his working years, you know, and my mom, the same thing, you know, she, my mom died when I was 23, when I just first moved to LA and I'm like, man, I missed it. I, you know, I don't know what it was like for her when she was an adult working, what her thoughts and dreams and goals were. So the whole reason I wrote the book, cause I want my boys to know wh- whether you're interested or not, I'm going to write it down yeah. and you can read it when I, you know, when I'm 90 that like, uh, you, you should be out there. You, you should every single day. And I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not Tony Robbins here, but I'm like, you, there, there's no way that you can't push yourself weekly and monthly and you don't, you do not settle, you know, do not, do not, do not settle for, you know, how many people do you know as adults are like, ah, you know, it's a job, you know, M- my job was harder than anybody's job I've ever, I've ever met in my life, not physically, but you know, yeah. to get rejected, you know, six times a week and say, yeah, you know, I'm not good looking enough. Or, you know, like in the book, I say this one lady said, Larkin, we don't cast people that look like you. How did you get in here? Like, <laughs> and I, you know, if I could go back around, I would have punched her in the mouth, but, <laughs> but dude, you know, that, that's the whole reason I wrote it was like, you know, uh, please go out there guys and, and screw around like I did, but please, you know, find a way to do something that you can push yourself every day for and, and love, love the push, you know, like it, it's, that's what I want. I, I don't want them to be actors. It, it is. I, I always felt like it, you know, it's, there's some magic to this business too. There still is like, it never, it never got small to me that, you know, I was in a room with Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks that, you know, I'm not bragging about it. I, I I'm screaming it from the mountaintops that yeah, that happened to me, dude. I don't, you know, I'm not bragging about it. I'm, I want you to hear about it. <laughs> so I hope, I hope they chase whatever it is, you know, they love. I hope they chase it as hard as I chase mine. That's what I was going to say. I mean, I think that's good advice for them in whatever pursuit they have entertainment industry or otherwise, Yeah, just to continue pushing and not settling. And so, yeah, that's, I mean, good advice from a father, uh, no doubt. There was one passage or one line here that I, that I wanted to read and I just wanted to get your feelings on it that, that I really liked. And this is, uh, from Bill Paxton. You worked yeah. on a movie called the last supper Yeah, and Bill Paxton, who is a, a well-known actor who passed away a few years ago, uh, after having a stroke from complications due to yeah. a surgery he had, but, uh, appeared in many, many movies that, uh, most everybody would recognize and know. So this is at the rap party after you finished filming this movie, The Last Supper. And he says, listen up, boys. This is the greatest business in the world. I've met so many awesome people and had so many amazing experiences. If you boys can stay in this business, do it. Because it's the greatest effing business of all the businesses. Yeah. Here's to you, that, boys. Cheers. Isn't that you still, great? You, you, you agree with that? That it is great. You agree with those words from Bill Paxson? Absolutely. I mean that, and that, and that meant a lot to me. That was my, that was the first movie I ever worked on, you know, and I, I was, I was working on that. That's, that's a massive part of my career was that, was that time I got, I got into SAG on that movie and I got to, you know, that was the scene I'm, I, I got, had to be in a uh, scene with my shirt off with Cameron Diaz. And I mean, that was yeah. a, that was a great, like 60 days of my life and meeting Paxton and Cameron Diaz and, and Courtney Vance and, Jason Alexander and Mark Harmon, all these actors that like just been doing it f- for a long time. And I'm literally Ryan asking them like in between the scenes. So how, how do you, how do I get my headshots made? Where, where do you go for a good acting class? And they're like, get this guy out of here. God, but <laughs> meeting Paxton was such a thrill. And, you know, and he, he I only really kind of knew him for like, like, like weird science and stuff like that. But yep. he was this magnanimous guy. He came on set. Everybody, you know, just, and, you know, they're happy to be there. They're working, you know, they're on a movie, their scenes aren't hard for them. So, you know, he grabbed my head, Larkin, let's go to work today, buddy. And you're like, you know, what, you know, somebody pinched me. It's so cool. But that rap party was my first rap party. 
And I kept trying to get smooches on the cheek from Cameron Diaz, which was awesome. <laughs> oh, my little Larkin. He brought me tea every day. He was such a sweetheart. I'm like, ah, let's go. <laughs> you know. But then Paxton, you know, we're, you know, I I I I'm not a I'm not a, a marijuana smoker, but everybody in the bathroom was doing it, yeah. including Bill. And we were all like huddled in there. And he was just like, he's like, he's like, boys, you know, and he's got his arms around all of us. He's like, I love yeah. you boys. I, I, you know, I don't even know That's if he so knew cool. my name, but he knew us all by face. Like, he's like, I'm telling you boys, stay in it, you know, stick with it. I don't care what you boys are doing, cameramen, whatever, just stick with it. You'll meet new people every year. It's a wild adventure. You know, I, so I'm glad I, I, I and dude, that was a quote that I wrote down verbatim because, you know, that, that, that night meant a lot to me. You know, I, I some, sometimes, you know, sometimes the, the darts really stick and that one stuck with me because he was a sweetheart yeah. of a guy. That's very cool. Larko, what advice would you give yourself if you could have a conversation with the 20 year old version of you? With the 20 year old version? Uh, I would say get off your lazy ass now, because I think, I think I didn't get going until I was about 26. <laughs> when I was 20, I was still you know, uh, wondering who was going to hand me my, in my dreams, you know what I mean? Like, you know, who, who's going to pick this for me and then show me where to go. But I, I knew, I knew early Ryan early that, that I was going to be a guy that always tried to be an entertaining person. I knew that a long time ago, but I, 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 I kept thinking I would just be the funny guy, but I didn't, I didn't know, like, like there's people that do this for their life's work, you know, and it's a great feeling, you know, and not a lot, not a lot of people get it. So I, I knew early what I, what I kind of was going to steer for, but I, I kept, you know, to, the timidness was not something that I, I, I sleep well with now. Like, I don't know, I don't know why I waited so long yeah. to, uh, to dive into a dream that I, that I, that I, knew, I hate, I hate the word the dream I had. Cause it wasn't a dream. I just, I just knew, I, I knew that was my, knew that was your, you knew that was your path. You knew yeah. that was where you're supposed to go. Uh, some of that I think comes with time and age and wisdom. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's easy to beat yourself up that, that that's hard to be in that place as a 20, 22, 24 year old. Yeah. Don't give me these trick, you know, softball <laughs> questions, Jaker, but I'm telling you, dude, I, 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 you know, the, the book talks about it. Like a lot, you, uh, people say this a lot. Like I wouldn't change a thing, man. If, yeah. if anything else would have gone off course, you know, I was like you, like I, I couldn't wait to leave LA. Oh my Lord, get me, get me out of this town. Nobody likes me. Nobody knows me. Nobody cares about how funny I was in high school. Nobody cares. Man, if no, I, I know, yeah, left, you talk about how close you were to leaving. Yep. So I wouldn't no. have found this. I wouldn't have found her. Yeah. I wouldn't have found, you know, yeah. any of you knuckleheads. And uh, so, no, I, I may, maybe when I'm 20 years old, I say, dude, just <laughs> just don't go off course. Just find yeah. a way to find the life you're going to have when you're 54. Cause it works out pretty good. You know, you are happiest when I was happiest when, uh, like the first year my boys were born mm-hmm. the first year, like, and I, I know I'm talking to the right guy here, dude. I know mm-hmm. I am, but, uh, yeah. Oh my God, dude. Just cause it was, it was, it was everything to me. It was my, my whole life the acting stuff, that was really fun. That was great, but that's over because now I got these two dudes and, you know, from, from the second that Maria told me that we found out we were pregnant with twins, you know, no, no twins in the family, either side, complete miracle of the universe that we got them, you know, just the luck, you know, my whole luck, my whole life had been surrounded by this awesome halo of luck. And that was it. That was a big one. But, and then I'm thinking, well, acting was great. That's cool because I'm going to find something else because I got to be around these dudes because this is going to be awesome. And then that whole sweet spot of my life, like two years from, you know, starting to want, want kids to having them was do that. That'll always be the sweet spot in my life because you know what it's like. I don't, I don't care. I, I didn't sleep for months. Um, I was having uh, uh, nightmares that, <laughs> that I can't even describe. My I was out of my mind, you know. I, I, I dumped the uh, hamper on my wife one night in my sleep and I tried to <laughs> bottle feed her one night and I was out of my mind, you know, gaining weight and like, but still, how, how is that? How is that? You know, dude, how, how is that? The, the sweet spot of my life was that time when they're first home. And then all of a sudden, I don't want to talk about me again, but all of a sudden my career went crazy. Like oh, man. booked a pilot, national commercial, three jobs in one year. And, yeah. and, and, and like, so then I had, you know, 
So it was that full, but that was my sweet spot, dude. That was the happiest I've been for sure. No doubt. That's, that's probably why you booked all this. <laughs> so happy to get out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying you were probably, you probably weren't pushing it. Uh, addition to everything was coming to you. You were in the flow. I talk about the being in the state of flow and you were, you were in it probably at that time in your life. And that's probably why you had so much uh, success during that period. You have to do something you're scared to do, Larkin. What is your process of quieting that fear and proceeding anyways? Well, I, I always go back to like, um, like, you know, uh, as long, as long as you're, as long as you're breathing, you know, you're, you're probably going to be okay. And like, mm-hmm. I've done some like repelling yeah. in, in these cliffs up in Northern California and there's all these people beneath me and they're like, you're okay. You're okay. And I'm like, well, as long as I keep breathing, I think, I think I'll get down there, but yeah. I'm, Currently, I'm not breathing. I should I should keep breathing, <laughs> and you know, do like like the like some like sometimes like stand up, like stand up. That's that's you know, I think I'm the funniest guy in every room I'm in all the time. Always have been, right? But like, you know, when I've been in like some auditions for the Growlings and stuff like that, I'm like, okay, I'm not I'm not in the top ten in this yeah. room. Like, <laughs> like, but dude, I like I don't care. Like that 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 you've had stuff like that. Like that's that that's a feeling a lot of people don't get. You know. And so there, there's been times where I've been, I don't know if I'm afraid of anything, but like, I, you know, I think a, a lot of an actors, like you don't want to be embarrassed, mm-hmm. you know, like, like stuff that like we've shot with our friends. Like if we're shooting something and it's supposed to be funny and it's not, I'm like, okay, so, so now I, I don't look good. I, I'm, I'm not being funny at all. No, no one's laughing. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, like this, I booked a Halls commercial where it was just me, me and I, my like a hundred extras behind me. And I have, I, I can't, I can't scream at the football game. And so I have to pop in this halls and soothe my throat. And I save the day, you know, by yelling defense or whatever. But, mm. but dude, that was me and a hundred extras and probably 50 crew and the cameras, you know, this massive camera is on my face and I've got to be funny, you know, for like 30, 45 seconds. And dude, you know I mean? Like I said, I think I'm pretty good, but I like, I was overmatched and, like I like I'm like is my hand shaking? Like I think I'm pretty terrified right now, and no one's laughing, and the extras are like, "Is this is this the guy that got this job?" You know, <laughs> it's in, it's in the book, and I called timeout. I'm like, "Hey, can I have a few minutes?" I'm like, "All right, Larko, come on. I think that's what you're talking about." I'm like, "Come on, dude. Come on, dude. Yeah. You this is this is why we're here. You know, yeah. this is why your dad told you to move to L.A. This you know, yeah. just calm down, dude. You know, it, it, you got the job. You know, you're you're here. You're the guy they're looking at. You know, do your thing." do your thing. You know, I wrote down a few jokes and it, like, like it's in the book, like I, it's the best time out I ever had in my life. So, uh, you know, I, I hate to just equate the fears in my life to just acting stuff, but like that, that's a pretty terrifying feeling when you're terrified in front of, and people are watching you be terrified. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, everyone's, everyone's sharing this moment with you, yeah. which makes it more terrifying. Yeah. Oh my goodness. All right. Larko, final question I have for you. What does being brave mean to Larkin Campbell? Well, dude, I, 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 I'm a fan of your line of work. Let, let's just say that I, I, I live in, I live in fire country. This is, this is yes, where uh, firemen run from working down here. I think, I don't know, but, but you know, I, I mean, you, you, you guys are brave and, and, you know, thank God in the past, you know, decade and since nine 11 people, know what the word brave means. You know, it's, it's first responders, you know, God, you hear that word 50 times a day, but so what, you know, that that's brave. So kudos to you, my friend. That's, that's that. You're a brilliant actor and, and, uh, and uh, a second career fireman, you know, two brave careers. So there you go, buddy. But <laughs> dude, brave keep to it coming. me, like, keep it coming. <laughs> brave, brave to me is like people that just like do the right thing. You know, mm-hmm. it really is like, uh, as I get older, you know, I, I, the, the thing I, I yell at my kids about is like, you know, being disrespectful and, uh, you, you know, just, just common things that like people like, it, that's what pisses me off in this life is like people that don't do the right thing. And I think the brave, you know, like day to day being brave is like doing the right thing, you know, take, take care of your family, you know, be a good husband, be a good dad, you know, don't, don't put, don't put dumb things in front of what you should be doing with your kids. Like, you know, and, and 
it's a different kind of brave. You know what I mean? So I, I, I don't look at myself as a brave person at all, but I'm, I was, I had courage when I moved down here and did this stuff, but I, I don't like to equate, you know, trying to be an actor to being brave and fearless. I think it's, I think it's a different thing than what you guys do and what, you know, the good people of your industry, uh, you know, literally putting, you know, lives on the line. You know, that's a different deal. I don't, I don't need to tell you that, but yeah. Uh, Brave, brave to me is doing the right thing, you know, be a good husband, make, make good choices, uh, you know, be a good parent when it, when it's not convenient. That, that to me is like, you know, take a stand and do the right thing, do it every day. And, you know, my, my career is not, not it, so just because some people can't do it. I don't, I don't feel like I'm brave and courageous, but, uh, you know, if it was courage, <laughs> I take it. <laughs> I, I, I love it. And I agree with you. And before we wrap this up, I want to take a moment to thank you for our friendship. When we talked about this and you agreed to come on this podcast with me, it made me reminisce uh, from my time down in LA. And, you know, family is everything to me, uh, both my my extended family and my parents and siblings. And now being a father and husband myself, you know, and when I was in LA, it can be a it can be a lonely place, especially in the entertainment industry. And as you're trying to find your way around and you always gave me something uh, solid to be a part of. You were my one friend down there that was married, that yeah. had kids and you really welcomed me into your family. I you know, spent many, uh, many evenings at your house having, having dinner. And so even aside from all the fun that we had on the set of Scrubs and uh, making some of these short films that you allowed me to be a part of, uh, what I am really thankful for in my friendship with you is just allowing me to be a part of your family. And so I will forever be grateful uh, to you for that. And I uh, just love that we've continued this friendship. And I look forward to connecting here, hopefully one of these days. Man, it's been a long time. I was telling my, my kids are dying to go to Disneyland, so we're going to make that trip happen. And We'll connect when we do so. I'll take any time to check out Larkin's new book again, A View from the Middle, How an Unknown Actor Managed to Stay That Way by Larkin Campbell. Uh, it's hilarious and insightful at the same time. So a great read for everybody. Check out, you can find it on Amazon Books. Anywhere else? Is that is that the best place for people to find your book? Or right, I just go to if you can if you can remember uh, Larkinsworld.com, it'll take you right there. Larkinsworld.com. Perfect. All right, bud. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Schaefer, keep you doing you're doing good work, my friend. Keep it up. All right, dude. We'll talk soon. Hey, bud. And that's a wrap on this episode of The Bravest Kind with your host, Ryan Schaefer. Be sure to check out my website, RyanSchaefer.com. That's R-Y-A-N-S-H-E-A-F-F-E-R.com for more podcast episodes and information happening in my world. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the Bravest Kind podcast. And if you feel so inclined, please take a moment to leave us a rating for the show. We'll be back at it with a new guest next week. Until then, be brave and be kind in your own lives. 